Okay, so last week, so the last couple of weeks actually, we've been kind of digging in uh, to Christ's humanity, to His human nature. We started looking at um, His virgin birth, the, the miraculous virgin birth. We looked at um, what it meant for Him to have a human body, a human mind, human spirit and emotions. And this week we're going to look at, we're going to start, probably going to start in Matthew chapter 13. I've got several different scriptures that I've got marked out. I don't know how many of them we're gonna we're gonna get to. We'll kind of play it play it by ear and see how it goes. So flip with me to Matthew chapter thirteen, verses fifty three through fifty eight. Something I wanted to kind of make note of is we're looking at uh, Christ and and Christ's human nature and His humanity. Um, it's something that comes across very clearly in in the latter part of Matthew chapter thirteen. Um, which is uh, Christ was so normal that it was strange to those who saw him when he started performing like the the miracles during his earthly ministry, right? So um, I want us to to pay attention to that, and I want us to consider like how human was Jesus, right? Like this is one of those this is one of those that that those things that we've looked at thus far. I want us to kind of wrap it. Uh, wrap it all up this morning and think about how human. So just kind of to put that out there. So we've got the virgin birth. That's absolutely miraculous. He has a human body, human mind, human emotions, human spirits. And I want out human spirit. And I want to say, I want to ask you, how human was he? How human was he? On a scale of one to ten, one being not human at all, or zero being not human at all, ten being totally and completely. Where's it? Where's Jesus fall? Ten. Do we all agree that he's on that he's on ten? That there's no way that he's that there's no aspect of humanity that he that he hasn't fully taken on. Um, I, I'm glad that everybody answered that. That's actually really good. Um, I want to drive that point home today as we kind of dig into dig into this uh, scripture that we're looking at here, and then kind of uh, start. Uh, we left we left off last week, Hebrews chapter four, verse fifteen and sixteen. We'll probably mention that at some point again today. I think as we consider this, who Jesus was, what he's done, the place that he the place that he holds now, like his, his like uh, at the at the right hand of the Father, um, he he is a greater high priest, mediating a greater covenant for us. Um, I think that it's important for us to just kind of hammer home in the fact that um, the one who's king is our brother, right? Like that he is one of us, and he knows the lives that we uh, lives that we live. So, like we have we have a brother on the throne um, ruling all things. And um, as we look as we look at um, Matthew chapter thirteen here, I want us to ref- I want us to reflect on just how human he was. Um, and I, I think this scripture does a pretty good job at, at pointing that out. So uh, Matthew chapter 13, we're going to start reading in verse 53, and we'll just finish up the chapter. And when Jesus had finished these parables, he went away from there, and coming to his hometown, he taught them in their synagogues, so that they were astonished and said, Where did this man get his wisdom and these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? Are not his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? Are not all his sisters with us? Where did this man get all these things? And they took offense 
at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and in his own household. Um, and he didn't do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. So uh, a couple of things that I want us to, to look at here. There's actually there there's a parallel verse that, that I want us to read just to kind of get... Uh, uh, kind of a rounded off picture of this. So Matthew, or excuse me, um, Mark chapter 6, if you'd flip there with me. Mark chapter 6, uh, starting in verse 1. We'll, we'll read this, because there's, it, it, there's a little bit different wording here. So in, the, in Matthew chapter uh, 13, we get that he's the carpenter's son. Here they is with the, the reading that we'll see is it's not this, the carpenter. So he's both carpenter and carpenter's son and I think that's um, I think that's something that that's important for us to take away here um, so 6 and verse 1 of chapter uh, Mark chapter 6 verse 1 he went away from there and came to his hometown and his disciples followed him and on the Sabbath he began to teach in the synagogue and many who heard him were asto- were astonished where did this man get these things what is the wisdom given to him How are such mighty works done by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James, and uh, Jose, or Joseph, and Judas, and Simon? Are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. And Jesus said, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown, and among his relatives, and in his own household. So Jesus comes home. Um, and he starts doing these miraculous works. So he's been doing these works because they're like testifying to the works that he's doing as they're listening to him, right? So he's teaching and they're like astonished that Jesus, like this guy that they know is doing this, right? And they, they actually take offense at him doing this. Because this, there's almost a hint of jealousy here, right? Like when we when we know somebody, like like sometimes their success, sometimes their success or their like their esteem um, offends us a little bit more when we when we know where they came from, right? So like we get a picture of this um, here as Jesus comes to teach in his home in his hometown. Like what do we find? That, do they accept him immediately? For what he's doing, like do they den- do they deny that he's doing it? No, like they're, they're astonished by what he's doing. They take offense that it's one of them, right? Like that's what this is. Like who is he that he's doing this, right? Almost in my mind, there's a there's a hint of why not me, right? There's a hint of like like I know him. What's what it? What is it that, that, that's special about this guy, right? So, how human is Jesus, right? So human that the people who knew him, like they know the names of the brothers, they know he's got sisters, they know his mom, they know who is, they know his dad's line of work, and they know that he's followed in his father's footsteps as far as like the family business, right? So they know him well. And what is the result of that? Astonishment. Why? Why? Like, like what? Let's let's pull that out a little bit. How how old ish is Jesus around this time? So he's in his thirties, right? Do you believe he's thirty? I mean, is that a good 
So 33 is probably when he died. Yeah. So he's he's early 30s in this in this time span, probably like 30ish, right? Um like they see, you know, him doing all these things and obviously like he's favored by God. Yeah. Absolutely. His, the the questionable like rumor surrounding his inception, you know, like they know that Mary and Joseph weren't married. So like, you know, out of all the people in Nazareth, this like possibly illegitimate son of this carpenter guy is the one that God's gonna favor. I think this is an important I think this is an important point for us to get at. Is that if Mary if 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 a woman comes around telling you that this baby that she's having no 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 I'm a virgin, this is virgin birth, what are you thinking? Sure thing. Right, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so you're like, like, how many people around Mary do you think thought Jesus was virgin birth? Like, likely, likely that very close inner circle, and some of which were probably like, seriously. Yeah. It's super funny though, because like, after the humanity, like two verses later in six and more, he marvels that they don't believe. Yeah. Like, it's, he marveled because of their own Yeah. Like, he's to not think that he was crazy, right? Let's be let's be real here. Let's look at Mark chapter. Let's look at Mark chapter three. Mark chapter three. In case you think that I'm putting words into his family's mouth, we would. We would. So. Yeah. So, so you got these people that know him well, that know that that they like to claim this was virgin birth, right? Like, okay, okay, virgin birth. I'm air quoting, right? Like, like, like Jesus was virgin birth, and now this to to everyone around who probably thought this is an illegitimate child, right? Someone, someone born out of wedlock here. This is the guy that we're seeing this stuff come from, right? They're not, they're not, they haven't accepted the virgin birth, right? Like, they're not like in on it yet. Yes. It's possible, it's possible, but how likely is it that it happened in my generation, right? How like like the the prophets have gone silent? How likely that this is the time that the Messiah comes, right? Like no one actually thought that it would happen, right? Like no one thought it's happening today or this is going to be it. Like no one was necessarily looking for it to come in the way that it did, right? Especially like they're starting to take offense because it's like, how's this dude going to be king? But how much did they actually know about? Yeah. But 
Yeah. So, so it wasn't. So scripture wasn't in in high circulation, right? Like everybody didn't have one at their home. You get a lot of what you're told. Unless I'm reading this in the Old Testament, yeah. Yeah. And they're saying he's not legit. And it's so. a priest in the Middle Ages. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. didn't have access. So there's a couple of things. Like, like I think it's critically important that we know for a fact that their response shows that they lacked understanding of the Scriptures. That doesn't necessarily mean that it was outside of their grasp of, their, their grasp of reaching for. And I would say that because what Paul seems to indicate in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 is that shortly after Christ's resurrection, empowered by the Holy Spirit bursting forth in believers, that the believers took Old Testament and lined it up quite quickly with what happened in the life of Christ. So there's this there's a need for us to fully grasp and understand what's going on in the old. The spirit needs to illuminate for our heart and our darkened minds these realities, right? Even Jesus had to do so for his disciples after the resurrection, right? Jesus taught them from the scriptures that he had all the things that he had fulfilled, right? This is after the resurrection has taken place that Jesus does this. So in that span of time, the 40 days that he's around after the resurrection, he's showing them. He's opening their eyes, opening their minds to these truths so that they see it. So I don't want to blame them completely like they didn't read the book at all, um, but they definitely did not see it clearly. And part of part of the way that it happened was so unexpected for them that we could like I'm not excusing them by any way, but I can see how it happened, right? Like if someone comes to you and says this is a virgin birth, all of you think they're loony. They were no different than us. Right? Like, like, like I know of a, I know of a person. This is several years ago that they literally gave birth in their homes. They were a kid. They gave birth in their homes, and then they told their parents they did not know what happened. Right? And what is like is this virgin birth? And the parents are like, "Sure, man, whatever, whatever." <laughs> because we know it ain't like if there's anything that it isn't, it isn't virgin birth. Right? If there's one thing that we know it ain't virgin birth okay so we think like that yeah we think like that they think like that right so when mary comes around saying no no no, i promise I pr- this is the messiah this is virgin birth how many of the brothers were probably like mm-hmm, sure mom sure mom right like we see in scripture that they have a very hard time His closest family, even, coming to grips with what's going on here, right? More than anybody else. So, so those closest to Jesus, why is that? Why is that? Because I know all of you very well by knowing me very well, right? I can know your nature by knowing my nature, right? Because we are all very much alike, right? We all lie. We all steal. We all cheat. Right? Like all of us from birth. I know that. And now to see one of us be different 
would be a hard thing for any of us to grapple with. Right? For any of us. Especially if we know them. Right? Especially if we know them, so we we see this is this is true. Like when y'all when when I when I say this, I want to point this out. Like the family had a hard time; they struggled with this. So Jesus is um, in here. So we're in, we're in Mark chapter three. Um, we're going to look at verse uh, twenty twenty one. Let's look, actually let's look at twenty. So he went home, and the crowd gathered again, so that they couldn't even eat. So Jesus's popularity is kind of blowing up in the area. I mean, he's starting to do some. Some miracles, and the word gets out pretty quick. Um, and when his family heard it, they went out to seize him. Why? <laughs> For they were saying he's out of his mind. Right? So Scripture confirms what I've been telling you. That like the brothers thought he was crazy. Like it's like, okay, he's got a God complex. Now, let's go take a hold of him before he really gets out of hand. Right? So he's so human. They know him so well. They've seen the life that he, it's not that that, that they because nowhere in it do they say. Do you remember that time that he? Like they're astonished. They're astonished, but they don't say. They're they're astonished, and yet they they remember the time that Jesus stole the donkey and went to wherever, or you know, like like they're not laying guilt at Jesus. They're astonished because he's human. And they know he's human, and and it's the it's the same stumbling block that the Muslims would have today, right? How could the divine Creator of all things lower himself to be born and laid in a manger to take on weakness? Jesus, if not for His parents protecting, if not for angels protecting, could have died as a baby. Right? He had a body that would die. Because it eventually did. Right? Now we know God's sovereign over all things. So He didn't die in His youth. Right? He didn't die of some sickness. He died on the cross for our sin sickness. Right? Human as He did it. So human that those who knew Him, those who lived with Him, those who saw Him work, didn't lay offense at Him from the perspective of Jesus the sinner. They laid offense Jesus the carpenter. Jesus the son. Jesus the brother. Right? Like they were offended at his humanity here. They knew how human he was. And it was an offense for them that someone who was clearly human would begin claiming louder and louder and louder that he was as well God fully. That's the offense. That's the offense. Jesus did not fail or falter or fall short. They never lay that on Him. Right? He was human. And they were offended at the idea that a human would be that king. Right? 
Like that was offensive to them, especially a human of lowly stature as this, right? Who's from illegitimate beginnings, right? Like this was an offense to them. It's still an offense today. Um, I want us to look at a couple of other passages of text. Let's flip to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 1 through 5. And then we're going to jump down a little bit in that chapter. In the beginning was the Word. So this is this is a super offensive, right? Like what we're going to read here, like this whole idea, um, like this is this is literally this is foolishness to the world. What 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 this text speaks of here? In the beginning was the Word. Who was the Word? Who do we know this to be? This is Jesus. So in the beginning was the Word. In the beginning was. Jesus, right? The Word was with God. So who was with God? Jesus was with God. And the Word was God. So who was God? Jesus. He was in the beginning with God. Who was? Jesus. All things were made through Him. Who were all things made through? And without Him was not anything made that was made. So answer me this. Is there anything in all creation that Jesus did not make? (laughs) How crazy is that? That's some inception type craziness right there, right? Like, like how far does this rabbit hole go? It's that's so intense, right? It's so intense. It's so bizarre you have to believe Like, my brothers need to take hold of me because I'm crazy <laughs> to believe this kind of thing, right? So... In Him was life. So in whom? And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So this is this is Jesus here. Verse fourteen. Let's let's roll on down to that. Before you go any further, yeah. Was it? <laughs> oh man, that's super cool. That did they get it right? Oh, that's cool. That's cool. So verse fourteen, and the word what? So who's the word? What did the word do? Became flesh. So the word who was always was did what? This is that inception piece, Dustin. Like this is, he became flesh and did what? Dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. 
John bore witness to him and cried out, This was the one of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. Right? So John John got it. There's an interesting thing that John mentions um, or that John says, we're, we're going to look at verse 21 to see this. Um, so, so the at the baptism of Jesus, John John said says this. So John knows this, right? Like John is this prophet come to prepare the way for the Lord. John knows it. John sees it, right? And of the very few people who believe, John was one of those, right? Like 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 from the beginning, like follow what he says here. And he, verse 21, and he asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I'm not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. So they said to him, um, so they said to him, who are you? We need you to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of the one crying out in the wilderness. Make way the straight of the, uh, the, make way, uh, make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had, been sent from the Pharisees, they asked him, Why then are you baptizing if you're neither Christ nor Elijah nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know. Right? Like, like where does Jesus stand? Like, as, as, I'm, as, I'm, reading, as I'm reading this, and, 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 and like John knows what's, what's going on right here. He knows who Jesus is. is. He's, he's been preparing the way for Jesus. But as they come and they're questioning Him, like, why are you baptizing if you're not Christ, you're not Elijah, nor you're the prophet? And John answered them and he said, I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know. Even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I'm not worthy to untie. Who is he speaking about here? Who's the one who stood among them? Right? This is super offensive. Right? That the Word would become flesh. That the Word would dwell among us. Right? Like, it's a, like when he says, like, what is this that's going on? Like, So, to some extent, like we see, like the jumping in the womb. So, like the Holy Spirit moved. Like, like there was there was clearly an awareness. I don't know that there was because even John has his moments, right? Like John's like, are you like? I just want to double check, right? But here's the here's the deal. John's human, right? Like John's human. John John will fail and falter, right? Jesus is not, right? Like when John says, like this is not John being like, it's it's not him like just esteeming his brother higher when he says he's not worthy to unstrap his his, his sandal, right? Like he's not. Nor am I, nor are you. Like the reality is, is the one who stood amongst them, they were unworthy to be in his presence. Do you do you follow me here? That the like none of us are worthy to be with God. None of us are worthy, right? Like, and I get like I I'm not trying to like downplay you. I don't want you like to be like feel bad about like Lana's like you're not worthy. Like, but the reality is, is that 
We are not. Right? Our best is filthy. And this is not to depress you. Right? Because when we, when we grasp how unworthy we are, we will be astonished that He came and walked amongst us. Right? Why would you, Lord, for someone like me? Right? Like, like, when you think that you're worthy, it's a very superficial thing. It's very, it, it changes. Yeah. All the time, based on if you think you're worthy, you'll look at somebody and say, well, they're more worthy. You know, your yeah. it fluctuates. But when your value comes from Christ, it is yeah. like rocks. Yeah. And you don't have that wavering of like, well, they have more, or she has, she's better at this, yeah. or he's better, you know. Always, it will stay like solid. Yeah. So you, we never do wrong by saying we're not worthy. Yeah. And Scripture is not trying to depress you by telling you you're not worthy. Like the the point of you being not worthy is so that you find out now versus then, right? When your pride has lied to you for years until you stand before the one that you're not worthy to stand before, right? Yet he lowered himself to walk amongst us, to be rejected as we're rejected. Like when, like, like by his own family, he was rejected. That should help us. That should encourage us. Yeah, like <laughs> by his own family, they needed. Like you imagine, you're you're God in the flesh. And your brothers come to seize you because they think you're loco. Right? Like, that's what happens to him. Like, they're like, dude, pump the brakes, Jesus. And he's in the back of his mind, no doubt. Like, if I pump the brakes, you all die. (laughs) Yeah. If I pump the brakes, you all die. Yes. Right? Yes. So he takes on flesh, full humanity. They look at him and they're offended by how human he is, right? And yet, he does the work. He's raised again. Let's look at let's look at Acts. So we've got Hebrews chapter fifteen. We're gonna do, I'm gonna do two things. Hebrews chapter. Let's let's go back and remind ourselves. Uh, again, of, of of really the great hope that we have because that we have one who walked amongst us. So Hebrews chapter four is kind of where we'll we'll, we'll start. I think that Jesus was like because he knew, you know, that his brothers would come to believe. Do you think that like that kind of maybe softened? Like you don't believe yet, but I know that you're going to. <clears throat> um. No, I don't know. Like, like I think it, it would, like knowing it would, knowing that your spouse was going to apologize for adultery yeah. doesn't make it less than adultery, no. right? Like that, that's that same type of rejection. Like you know me better than anyone, right. and you don't believe. You think mom's lying about this virgin birth. Right? Like, like you don't, you've seen me live and love you. 
You've seen, you've seen your reactions towards me and my kindness in return. Right? And yet you don't believe. It still stings, no doubt. Right? Still stings. Without, without question. Now, of course, like this, like he's doing this word, like all of us, right? All of your sins, like, like Christ bore those, completed that work. For the joy set before him, right? So he can endure that. Like, he can endure that, like, his brothers knowing that, like, the work that he would do would be sufficient for their unbelief then. Rejoicing in that they would see the undeniable, right? Because that's what, that's what Jesus was, was going to do. Is Jesus was providing for them the undeniable. When you see me after they kill me, You'll believe, right? Like that's the that's the like Jesus knew where he was going. He knew what he was setting up. The rejection was real. The pain, the suffering, the the uh, the heartache, all the life that he experienced was was real. And it's 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 given him a perspective as our high priest that is that is. Um, there's no other way that this type of this type of uh, truth in in Hebrews here, uh, chapter four could be s- spoken, lest he did it the way that he did it. Right, like that's a big deal. For we do not have a high priest. So this is Hebrews chapter four, verse fifteen. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. Why? Because he's lived it, right? But one who, in every respect, has been tempted as we are, yet without Sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Right? Without the work of Christ, we could not draw near to God. We were unworthy. His work has redeemed the unworthy. So that we might be called righteous. Right? So like, that's the hope that the gospel puts forward. The gospel does not say to us, you're unworthy, now stay there. You're unworthy. Your righteousness is filthy rags. Yet the one and only one who is holy took your place so that you might be called holy and righteous through the work that He had performed for you. Right, taking on your unrighteousness and taking the punishment, guilt, and shame, and giving to you the perfect life lived. Right, and now he stands as a great high priest, so that we can come, we can come boldly and confidently to the throne of God. Because though I am unworthy, He calls me righteous and holy, and I trust that I am so in Christ and in Christ alone. And now the hope for this, the hope for this, and we're going to we're going to wrap it up here. So flip with me to Acts chapter 1. So this Christ was raised and when he was raised, he was raised more human than we could fathom, right? Like this is perfect humanity. This is what we're pressing forward to. This is what God's redeeming us to this particular place. So uh, Acts chapter 1, 
Verse 1, in the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all the all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when He was taken up after He had given commands uh, through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom He had chosen. He presented Himself alive to them after His suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. So was He alive? Right? He's living amongst them after the resurrection. They see Him. They live life with Him. Um, they have hope that, that all those hopes of Israel would now be fulfilled in Him. We see that come out here in a little bit. So, verse 4, uh, And while staying with them, He ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which He said, You heard from Me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked Him, Right? So they've seen this. They've they come from the Jew, this Jewish heritage. They've got they've got their hopes, their Jewish hopes of the kingdom being established. They they say here, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he doesn't say no. He doesn't say no. He he puts it off. He says he said and and he said to them, it is not for you to know the times of the seasons that the Father has fixed for His own authority. So is the kingdom coming? Is Jesus the one to bring the kingdom? Yes. It's not for us to know the times, he says. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, to the end of the earth. Right? So like he's laid out for them the gospel. Um, he's given them the commission to go to the ends of the earth, um, to which we are still we are still working towards that same great commission today. Verse nine, he says, and he said, and when he had said uh, these things, they were looking on, and he was lifted up. A cloud took him out of their sight. So um, I think one of the most one of the most important um, reasons, um, or, or one of one of the major reasons um, that we get this this picture of Jesus being taken. Up in the clouds and the language that we get here is so that we know that the one who reigns on the throne is the one who who ascended. Right? Like this same Jesus will come again. Right? He is fully human now. Right? When He took on flesh, it was a one-way journey. Right? He would take on flesh and be flesh for the rest of eternity. Right? He is God and He is man. And He, our brother, the one who walked amongst us, the one who was born of a manger, the one who we took offense of because we're like, how could somebody like that sits on the throne? So that we can come. And when we come to the throne room of God, we come to our brother. Right? Who is... And knows our lives because he's lived a life, wow. right? Yeah. That's a that's a. I still think of floating in the cloud. And we should. And, and that's as heavy to me. That's all. And I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. But that's that's good stuff because just like our resurrection, and I'm trying to stay yeah. as much as I can. But all my life, I thought when I got up floating in the clouds. But when Jesus comes back, the the back, same Jesus that left. Will be the one who returns, right? Right. And when he sets up his kingdom with us and us, yes. 
Like the promises that were made, the promises that were made that they're looking for will be completed, right? Like your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus is praying this prayer, right? And when we read about heaven, we know that is his fulfillment. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yes. Yes. And he's. I do. I forget that. You know, when I'm studying, now I'm trying to study Revelations, and I struggle about it because of what I think as a kid I've been taught. Yeah. You know, and maybe I wasn't taught, it was just because of the burden. Yeah. Well, it's 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 strange. It's it's a it's a strange thing that we have a hard time grappling with. Especially like if you look at the book of Revelation. Like Revelation, there's there's lots of difficult text in there. Here's here's where I start: is that Jesus was raised. They saw him. They walked with him, talked with him, fellowshiped with him, ate with him. He lived among among them 40 days and when he was ascended there's no like the clouds took him there wasn't vaporization there wasn't him just disappearing like yes yes like he was lifted like like let, let's 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 read that again yeah yeah so um He's he's still he's still flesh. Like here's and and when I say that I get it. It's so like people are going to be like, "Where's he at then?" All the scripture makes sense when we say we pray in Jesus' name, and he's up there praying for us because he knows he's that yes. he's that third, he's that yeah. Trinity that knows specifically what we're dealing with yeah. when we have those trials. Yeah. Like when Paul speaks, First Corinthians chapter fifteen, when when he's listing those who he appeared to, he lists he lists himself amongst those who saw the bodily resurrected Jesus. Right? He doesn't differentiate what he sees from what they saw in any way. And his seeing was after this event. Right? He saw the body, the resurrected bodily Jesus after the ascension. Right? So, so there's some part of reality that we don't understand or can't grasp that the physical bodily Jesus can be, and then the heavens open and we see, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think to some extent too, because of the culture that we live in, we live in a we think we know most of what reality is, right? Like like we are scientifically minded and scientifically literate, and we think that we we think that we know near we think that what we don't know is less than what we do know, and the reality is is that what we don't know far overshadows what we actually have. Like st- strong understanding of, um, and that's our pride puffing up because we can do a little math well, right? Yeah. Um, so um, I think there's I think there's much mystery to be had there, um, but I think Scripture is clear that there's that that there is that there's continuity between 
um, the body of Jesus after the resurrection through this event to the to Paul seeing him um, and I think that um, there's much there that we don't understand and couldn't explain adequately but that no less makes it true yeah. looking at Revelation